0: come now to the message from Psalm 139. This is the second message, even though it was a couple of months before I last preached. Psalm 139 is a song written from the heart by David, the great hero and songwriter of the Bible. And as David's love and gratitude overflows, he is able to put down in words these wonderful truths, not only heartfelt response to God's love, but also a wonderful description of who the living God is and he's got this wonderful balance of head and heart of theory and emotion and fact and feeling and and last month or a couple of months ago we saw in the first paragraph in Psalm 139 that God was all-knowing omniscient O Lord you have searched me and you know me you know when I sit, when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. And see all the verbs there that the psalmist used. You know me. You know when I sit. You perceive me. You are familiar with my ways. You discern my going out. You know a word before it is on my mouth. And God is all-knowing. Today, as we look at the the next paragraph, the next stanza, we'll see that God is all-present. He's everywhere at one time. Verse 7 of 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. So, let me ask you this. Has there ever been a time when you have been hurting or wondering where God is? There's this great need, and God seems distant. You think, well, does he care? Is he even here? And you wonder if your cries are unheard, your tears unseen, or your pain unfelt. Uh, Well, the wonderful news about this passage is God is everywhere, and that even when we feel it, we are not abandoned from his wonderful presence. For even if we are to go to the highest heights, the deepest of depths, or as far as the east is from the west, God is all present, God is there, and he cares. And for most of the time, this is a wonderful comfort. It really helps. But sometimes for some people, this is their worst possible fear that God is there. There are times when they would rather hide from God or even run away. And sometimes it's because we want to do something that we know God is not too pleased about. And we think of Adam. Adam and Eve. They were in the garden, and they had free reign, except for one simple rule. Of all the fruit and all the wonder in the garden, they just had to stay clear of and not eat the fruit of two trees. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and a second tree, the tree of life. Clear and simple, straightforward. Straightforward. But Adam and Eve decided, actually, this fruit is for us. God will never know. And while they thought that God was not looking, they took the fruit. Yet later, when they hear God walking through the garden, the only thing they can think of is to hide from God's presence. So they hide in the bushes. And there's a little humor here, as if two people could hide in the bushes from the living God, who had not only seen what they had done, but was standing right next to them. And so there was a time when Adam and Eve wanted God to be away, as they did wrong, as they rebelled. And so most of the time, having God close is a great comfort. But in our brokenness, there are times when we'd rather have God somewhere else. And there are other times when, well, it's kind of the opposite. We know the right thing to do, but we'd rather not do it. And would rather not have God around as we are not doing what we should do. And so we move from Adam to Jonah. Jonah knew what was right, but he ran away. And we know the story. God tells Jonah to go to a distant city, to the far east in the known world at the time, Nineveh. The capital of the great Assyrian Empire. The Assyrian Empire that was cruel and powerful and had already decimated the 10 tribes of Israel so that they were exiled and no more. So no wonder Jonah doesn't want to go to Nineveh. So he packs his bags and travels to the coast. Instead of going east, he goes west. He tries to run away from the presence of God. But of course he can't. And so God was there in the storm. God was there when he was thrown from the boat into the water, God was there as Jonah sunk beneath the waves and God sent a fish to swallow Jonah up. And even in those three days, in the belly of the fish, God was there until the fish spat Jonah out onto the seashore. And so in the belly of a giant fish, Jonah learnt the words from verse 9 of Psalm 139. If I settle on the far side of the sea... Even there, your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. And so we have this tension of wanting God close when it suits us, but when we want to do something that we know won't please him, or when we want to withhold doing good, we'd rather God wasn't quite so close. (laughs) We'd rather that he wasn't close to us. And of course this tension is resolved only as we come to Christ and the cross. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, then God's presence is not to be feared, but to be enjoyed. Christ removes that tension away as he creates in us a heart that is for God, and as he does his work in us. We think of his words in Matthew chapter 12, verse 40. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth and Jesus is describing the work of the cross Jonah was rebelling against God and running from God and because of his rebellion he spent three days in the belly of a giant fish but eventually found God's mercy Jesus wasn't rebelling at all but he took our rebellion on him and because of that he suffered on the cross and spent three days in the tomb But just like Jonah was spat out onto the seashore, death could not hold Jesus down. And on that first Easter Sunday, the tomb was open and Jesus had paid the price so that we could enjoy the presence of God and that by the Holy Spirit, that presence is in us all the time. And because of God's Spirit, when we come to the communion and the bread and the cup, we experience the presence of Jesus in a fresh So without Christ, the all-present God is someone to be feared because he is holy and we are not. We are like Adam who rebel against God and do things that we shouldn't do. And we are like Jonah who know what we should do but run a mile. But because of the cross, it means that we can come to Christ knowing that we are forgiven from our rebellion Forgiven when we do wrong, forgiven when we withhold good. To all those who look to Christ, to surrender their life to him, the presence of God is a joy and a comfort and a refuge. Something to sing about in Psalm 139 and in the song that we'll be singing soon, Just as I am without one plea. Yes, we sing about the presence of God. Our all-present Heavenly Father is a solace, from our grief and a comfort in our distress because there is nowhere that we can go that can escape from God's love, acceptance and forgiveness. His presence is with us 24-7, 365 days a year from now to eternity and his presence is something to rejoice in because of the work of Christ on the cross. Let's pray.